All right, <clears throat> Joshua chapter number 7. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 7 and verse number 1. We'll read down seven verses. And uh, we're going to take a look at the Ephraimites tonight. The, the men from Ephraim who missed out on Joshua's endeavor to go be, uh, against the Midianites. You remember that whole story? And this is just a wonderful, amazing story that we read about in the Word of God. But it has to do with us here tonight also. So it's not just a, a story. I mean, we're going to enjoy the story, and we'll, we'll get that, I'm sure. But uh, I want to apply it in just some real simple ways that could help all of us tonight. <clears throat> Judges chapter 7, verse number 1. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now, you've got to understand here what's going on, and let's set the table a little bit. There was about 135,000 Midianites with others that kind of joined them, other kings and other, other nations that kind of just in, uh, uh, coupled with them with the endeavor to go against the Israelites. <coughs> under 150,000, but there's close to 150,000 people out there, soldiers. Now, the Israelites had 32,000. 32,000 against 150,000. They were going to, they were, they were getting, they were getting set up to get whooped here. I mean, that's what it looked like. And God says, now, nah, you got too many Israelites. You're 32,000, that's too many people. See, because if you beat them, and if you go against these people, and you win, people say, man, you guys are great soldiers. What an awesome fighting team. And that's not what God wanted. God wanted to get the glory of, of this entire endeavor. And so he says, the people that are with thee are too many. For me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand, hand hath saved me. He didn't want that to happen. Okay, verse 3. Now therefore go <clears throat> to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, <clears throat> Whosoever is fearful and afraid. Well, there's 32,000 against 150,000. Um, you, you got real hopes that you're going to be winning here? If you're afraid of this, if you're afraid you're going to get beat or maybe killed... Let them return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there were some that took them up on the offer. It says, their return of the people, 22,000. There's 32,000 to begin with. 22,000 left. There's only 10,000 left now. And there remain 10,000. Verse 4. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Gideon, Okay, now we got something to work with. No. <laughs> Look what he says. The people are yet too many. <laughs> Can you imagine Gideon at this point? He's saying, all right, God, what are we going to do now? We got you know, 22,000 people left, and we just got 10,000 left. Was that the smartest move? 
<laughs> and God goes the other way. He says, no, 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 there's still too many. <laughs> they got 10,000 now, 10,000 against 22,000 or, or against 150,000 of Midianites. And he says, the people are yet too many. Bring them down under the water, <clears throat> and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people under the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. 300 men. They came to the water, and these soldiers, they brought the water up to their, their uh, mouth. And if you've ever seen the way that a dog eats or drinks or whatever, when he's at his bowl, he can be watching you at all times while he's eating. <laughs> and sometimes they, they do. They watch you, they, they, and if you get too close or whatever, what do they do, you know? Even, even the tame ones, they growl, you know, just my food, you know. And as a dog laps the water and he's, he's looking and he's on guard, <clears throat> he says, those are the guys that I want you to pick for my team, special forces team. Uh, but all the rest of the people, they bowed down upon their knees <clears throat> to drink water. <clears throat> and so all the rest, they just, just flopped down. They're tired, hungry, or whatever, uh, thirsty, and they came to water. Great time. Hey, soldiers, got a drink. And when they went to drink, they just went right down to the water and just went blah, 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 you know, right, right into the water, faced into the water, and they were just enjoying the, the water experience, which is fine. They, they, were, they were doing well. It wasn't a sin. It wasn't wrong. But they weren't alert that way. <clears throat> so the 300 men that lapped water like a dog, those are the men that God says, I'm going to use those, put them off to the side, let all the other, the 9,700, go home. <clears throat> but all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Verse 7, and the Lord said unto Gideon, <clears throat> by the 300 men <clears throat> that lapped, will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Wow. And then you know the story, how that God actually was, was valiant and did miraculous and, and conquered the Midianites in a, in, a, in a marvelous way. I mean, an amazing way, a miraculous way, and he sure did. That was, a, that was the, the, a, one of the greatest Old Testament stories, and what, what the, showing the power of God and showing what God can do and against all odds, and, and boy, that's the Lord. You know, he doesn't need a lot. He could just use one. He could use a, use a few, and he did in this situation. And that's the rest of that chapter. <clears throat> so they're done with that, <clears throat> and they're coming back. After that, uh, the Ephraimites, which were some of the men that were let go. You remember in the first, anybody fearful, afraid? They, they leave. All right, we're going to go down, and, and I'm going to give you a test. Everybody get a drink. And then 9,700 of them were cut out. Ephraim was part of that. They were one of the tribes of Israel. 
And they were mad. They were upset. Look at Judges chapter 8, verse 1. <clears throat> and the men of Ephraim said unto him, this is after the battle, this is after he wins, after, after the, the, the great victory that God had already uh, started with the children of Israel. This is what he said to Gideon. Why hast thou served us thus, that thou callest us not when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? Why'd you send us home? And they did chide with him sharply. And he said unto them, What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim, Ephraim better than the vintage of, of Beazer? And, you know, he actually uh, appeased the men of Ephraim, and, and they actually had part of the, the spoils of the, of the victory after it was started. Uh, God started it with the 300 men, but needed some extra help at the end to have everybody jump in there and actually finish the task, and, and they, they did help there. And so he appeased them. He says, Hey, listen, you... You helped here, and it was good, and, and, and fine. But they were, they were upset. They, were, they, were, they missed out. They missed out, and they were not happy about missing out on the, on the wonderful event that God had here for the children of Israel. Let's stop right here and ask the Lord's blessings, and we'll see what he has for us tonight. Lord, thank you so much for this, your word. I pray that you'd... Bless it to us. Lord, help us to grasp some things that would be a blessing. Lord, as your shepherd here in this church, or actually under shepherd, you're the great shepherd. And Lord, for the, the one that would be used to encourage your people to serve and to honor and to love the Lord and to sacrifice for him. And Lord, it's, we're going to hear the buzzer soon. It's going to be too late to do anything after that. But right now, is the time that counts our service, our actions for you, our, our endeavors, our sacrifices for you. Lord, I pray that you help us to pay attention to where we're at right now. Lord, help us to see what we will be missing out on unless we jump in the battle. Lord, I pray that you just help. Open our eyes. Help us to apply properly in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the able-bodied men of Ephraim had a problem with Gideon because they weren't included in for the action against the Midianites at the first. I mean, they, like I say, they were after a while. They, uh, they, they were the type of soldiers, the type of men, the young men in their army, in their, in their uh, 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 protection uh, of their tribe. These were the uh, feel-your-oats kind of young men who wanted to see battle engagement. I mean, they were ready for war, and they wanted, they, they wanted to prove themselves, and they, they, they were just, they were, they were kind of, they had a mercenary attitude. Currently, there's a billion-dollar industry of providing private security against the Somalia pirates who attack and board ships in the Arabian Sea. Maybe you've heard about that. There's been movies made about that, about rescue attempts and whatever, uh, and it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. There's these big tankers that are filled with thousands, hundreds of thousands of gallons of oil or whatever that are going through there, or maybe they're, they're cargo ships or whatever, and they're protected, and they have uh, uh, maybe payments of, of the, the uh, things that they're transporting back and forth, and uh, you'll have these 
uh, Somalia is, is that uh, uh, country of Africa that's right there at the Indian Ocean side, at the Arabian Sea. And, and it's, it's in poverty, it's in, in disarray, there's people starving. I mean, there's, there was no way for them to, that they could see to get ahead. And so therefore, uh, one of the ways that they have discovered in the past 50 years is that uh, there's, there's a, a, a profitable, dangerous, but profitable way for them to, to earn a living, and that is to be pirates. <laughs> Except not the kind of pirates you'd think about, you know, like uh, you know, old-time pirates. They're just pirates. They're, they're criminals. They, they'll get in these small skiffs, these small boats, or big boats, or whatever, trying to, they, they use whatever they can, and they uh, find one of those uh, uh, ocean cargo liners, and they'll, they'll board it. And usually, it's a commercial liner, a commercial endeavor where they're not, they're not uh, 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 usually fit to fend off attacks. It's, it's not a time of war. <clears throat> they're just going from one place to another, bringing cargo and merchandise or gold or, or money or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, and they're, they're not, or they haven't been prepared for that. Now they are. I mean, now because there's so much, so, so many attacks on the uh, 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 ships by the Somalian pirates, that that's a real, it's, no kidding, it's a billion dollar industry now. And that is hi, uh, uh, hiring mercenaries to uh, stay with these ships. They board these ships and they stay on these ships and, and they'll, they'll protect them. And, and they're, they're ex-Navy SEALs, they're ex-Marine, and they're, they're fit up, uh, uh, fitted with, with uh, uh, I mean, they are, they are uh, armed weapons to the teeth got 50 caliber guns and, and more and they've got all kinds of things that, that they, these, these uh, uh, cannons on these that they, they'll, they'll uh, mount on these cargo ships that'll blow, blow a small ship out of the water I mean out of the water and you can go to uh, YouTube videos or whatever and you can kind of look at, at what they do and, and, and not only is it Navy, US Navy and different Navy uh, ships that are uh, helping there but but, but the, 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 the uh, uh, merchants that are using these lanes, these shipping lanes, they'll hire these mercenaries. <clears throat> and, it's, and it's those that are, these mercenaries, the, the, like I say, they're ex-Navy SEALs, ex-Marines. They love their craft, the craft of battle engagement. And there's... there's uh, uh, videos made about that. I mean, they're, man, they're just gung-ho, and, and they, they, that's what they've done maybe in the military. Now they're out of the military, and they don't get a chance to, to shoot anything up anymore. And so they, they join up here. It's very dangerous, but they love that. They love that part of it. They love fighting, and they're just all in. Matter of fact, they've got to they've scale them back because of the uh, uh, attack on these poor, dumb criminal pirates, they don't even know what they're, they're coming up against, and they're just demolished, demolished. And you can, un, you can understand a mercenary attitude. Any mercenary is similar in, in attitude. They're, they're fighting machines. They itch for an encounter. They're blood-hungry. The Ephraimites are in, are in that category. I mean, they had a standing army, and man, they were powerful, and they were to be feared. <clears throat> they were ready for battle, <clears throat> but they were cut out. 
They weren't allowed to go on this first endeavor against the Midianites, and they were upset. They were, they were mad at Gideon. <clears throat> the Ephraimites were in that category where they wanted to be involved in a, a tail-kicking, if you will. And it's said that way to be in church. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, when, when Gideon, well, actually God, opted to forego their help, they went home discouraged. But later, when Gideon was in hot pursuit of the Midianites, uh, of course, they couldn't. There were just 300 men. They couldn't finish off 150,000 uh, uh, troops with just 300 men. They needed help of others. And that's when Ephraim was later engaged for the battle. Look at it in Judges chapter 7, verse 24. And Gideon sent messengers. This is after he sent everybody home, remember? If you're fearful and afraid, you go home. If you this, you go home. And, uh, and now they're just fighting these 300 men against these Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Ephraim. They're, they're engaging the Ephraimites now. Saying, come down against the Midianites and, and take before them the waters unto Beth, Barba, and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Beth, Barra, and Jordan. So in the end, they did get in some action. It just wasn't at the beginning. For the last part, Ephraim was included, but when the outcome <coughs> was known after, after the, uh, the, the uh, event began and then God uh, began to, to do a, a great victory here, then they decided to reprimand Gideon for not including them in the primary battle. They had a problem with being left out of the, of the original battle, the primary action. They had a problem with that, and they made it clear to Gideon. They didn't like that, not one bit. And then you have, after this endeavor in, in Judges chapter 8, there was two other groups. When Gideon's pursuing the Midianites and he needs some help at this point, um, he, he calls upon uh, two different places, the men of Succoth and the men of Penuel. Uh, they were a slightly different breed than the Ephraimites. They refused to present help and aid to Gideon until it was a sure shot bet. In Judges chapter 8, look at verse number 6. And the princes of Succoth said, now this is when Gideon comes to them and says, Hey, come on guys, I need help. We're going after these kings and, and we're in hot pursuit. We're going to bring them down. I need you guys to help. But there's this little ragtag group of nobodies are after this giant army and they're going, <laughs> now, wait a minute. I'm not so sure. I, not so fast. Not so fast. I don't know if I want to jump in here and help you guys uh, because it ain't over yet. I mean, is the battle over? Do you have the heads of these kings that you're after? Now, if, if you go ahead and win, now that's a different story. Well, yeah, we'll help you all, all that, we, we, that you want. But... I, we're not so sure that you're going to be the, the victors. I mean, if we help you and you guys lose, then we're in trouble. And so they didn't want to get involved. They didn't want, they didn't want to vote one way or another, okay? So that's their, their problem. And Judges chapter 8, verse 6, And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna, these are the kings that they were after, the, the, uh, the forces that were among the Midianites, are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand that we should give bread unto thine army? And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into mine hand, then 
I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. He says, hey, you get in now. You vote now. It won't do any good later on. It does good right now. We need you now. And jump in here and help. And they said, well, I don't know. We don't know that. I mean, uh, this might not end up well. It might not fare good. So we're just going to kind of stand back and watch. We'll watch what happens. He says, no, no, you don't jump in now. When I come back after I get the victory, you're in trouble. And he says, I'm going to tear your flesh with thorns. Goodness. And he went up to thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And he was asking help. Hey, guys, I need your help. We're, we're in hot pursuit. God's given us the victory. And, and uh, Penuel answered him as the men of Sogoth had answered him. They said, I don't know. Well, now, hang on. You go ahead and have your victory, then, then we'll talk. We're not so sure you're going to be the, the, the victors here. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, when I'm the victor here, and I've got the, the heads of these kings, I'll break down this tower. It was then too late to try to get on, on Gideon's good side. No, no. The battle would be, would be over by then. So, <clears throat> there's, there's two different groups. The Eph Ephraimites on the one, one hand, they, weren't, they didn't help Gideon. And the men of Succoth and the men of Penuel, they didn't help Gideon. And, uh, but we're going to deal, deal with each of those groups separately. So let's kind of uh, see what we're talking about. Now, I asked some young men to help me in an illustration. Guys, come on up. Everybody that I asked to help. If I asked you to help before service, come on up here real quick. I need uh, seven or eight guys. Real quick, come on up here. These are, the, these are Gideon's forces. These are the guys of Ephraim. These are the guys of Succoth. These are the guys of Penuel. All right, let me see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, uh, uh, here, why don't you go on this side? And uh, once you stay on this side, all right. Uh, right here is, are the Israelites. Let's see, you guys are the guys of Succoth. You guys are the guys of Penuel, all right? Okay, now you're going to just have to wait just a little bit. We'll, we'll see what, what happens with you guys. All right, this is what happens. You remember, uh, God takes, uh, God takes uh, the, the forces of Israel. These are all the forces of Israel. You guys are Israelites, right? You're soldiers, right? You're mean, you're, you're bad, you, you could do damage. All oh, right, let me see, let me see your muscles. Yeah, okay, so these are the, the soldiers of Israel, all, all of them here. And then this represents 32,000, 32,000 soldiers of Israel. And God's going to use this. And so Gideon says, okay, God, we're ready to go. We want to you know, go ahead into the battle against the Midianites. Uh, you guys are the Midianites. <laughs> That's uh, you guys up there. And so he, we're going to fight. The, oh, they look ugly, don't they? Man, they mean. But I don't know if this is going to work. But hey, lift, if God's on your side, this will work. And so God's going to use these men. And, and Gideon is, is before the Lord. And the Lord says, nope, too many. But these four guys against 170 out here, you know, whatever. That's Actually, it was... It was um, Four to one is what the, what the original, uh, oh no, more than that. Uh, th with 30, 32,000 to 150, anyway, you can figure that out. If, uh, so uh, it, 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 was, it, was, it was worse than this, you know, like four guys against this entire congregation. We're going to fight them. And God says, no, 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 too many. There's too many. Uh, if anybody's fearful and afraid, 
You can go home. All right, you can go home, and you can go home. All right, go home. He said, I'm out of here. And now it's just you guys. There's 10,000 left. Just 10,000 left. And God says, all right, now we're going to go down to the waters, and I'm going to prove there's still too many. All right? We're going to go down to the water. Okay, this is the water. You guys go get a drink. Get a drink. And you're, you're the one that just goes all, all the way down into the water, and you're, you're, the, you're the one that, that laps like a dog. Let me see. No, no, no. Don't be. You're not. You got to lap like a dog. Remember? You get, there you go. There you go. All right. There you go. We got, oh, no, no, stay there. Drink. I want you to drink, okay? Well, this is an illustration. All right? Okay, where are you looking? Uh, uh, Link, where are you looking? You're looking at the enemy, right? You're looking at if there's anything coming. All right, good, good. And God looks at this and says, all right, that's good. That's enough, guys. Come on, guys. You can go home. Go on home. These guys that, no, no, you're here. You're going you're gonna to beat this crowd by yourself, the 300, okay? 300 that's going to that's gonna win here. All right, so what happens, and you know the story, we read the story, and you go to, to, to whooping up on this crowd. I mean, you're whooping up on and they're all scared. Actually, what happened was God got the, the entire crowd of the Midianites, read it yourself, Judges chapter 7, he gets the entire crowd of the, the Midianites just scared of their own shadows. They hear about God coming through, and God's going to be using Gideon, and here's this barley uh, 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 roll that comes down into the camp and destroys the tents, and they're all going, oh no, we're going to get wiped out. And so here, when God says, okay, Gideon, here we go, there's 300 men, and he gives them pitchers and lamps, <laughs> oh goodness, and trumpets. That's what, and I mean, no, no swords, and God gives them pitchers and lamps and trumpets, and he says, okay, now we're going to go around here, and, and that's exactly what happened. Anyway, so... And God did a great victory. I mean, did a great victory. Okay, so you've been, you've been uh, beating them guys and beating them guys, and now we need some help. All right? You go to the men of Succoth and the men of Penuel, and you say, hey, guys, I need some help. Go ahead, ask them. And you guys go, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Shy to shasta, you look at guys there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? So... Gideon says, hey, if you don't help me, and you're in trouble when I come back, and I'm going to teach you with the thorns and the briars of the, of the forest. And they go, Matt, we ain't helping you. And so he goes on, and he fights by himself. All right, thanks, guys. You can all go sit down. All right, good, thank you. You can sit down. Good, hey, let's get a hand to our, our soldiers here. <laughs> Like I say, the, the, the story, the, just the story, just the physical story of Gideon and the 300 and what God did and how God got the glory out of this battle. Just the story alone is, is cool. It's just wonderful. It's really neat to see what God did. But all of these things are in the word of God to help us to learn where we stand. Where are we today? I want to say this. If we can apply the battles in Judges chapter 7 to April 28th, 2019, of where members, believers, here at Wooden Valley Baptist Church, where, where we stand in this thing. First of all, we, we've got to understand that we're in the spiritual battle. Do you know that? We're all involved in a spiritual battle. If you know the Lord here tonight... Then I mean, if you're not saved, 
then what you need to understand tonight more than anything else is you need to get saved. You need to get born again because if you don't get born again, you're going to die and go to hell and pay for your, your own sin and God doesn't want you to do that. He's done everything he po possibly could do, could do to keep you out of hell and that is send his son to die in your place so that you would not have to endure the chastisement, the, the, the judgment of God justly upon your sin because you're a lawbreaker. You're a transgressor. And you need to be saved. That's, that's your, your situation that you need to know tonight. But I'm talking to believers. Every believer here, if you're saved, if you know the Lord, you're in God's army. You're a soldier. You're a soldier under the the uh, uh, appointment of the king. We're in a spiritual battle which soldiers are needed for his army. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. Thou therefore, Paul says to his son Timothy, this one that he was uh, 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 raising in the faith, so to speak. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Go down to verse 3. He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. He's talking to a Christian here. Not a military man, but he's saying, now wait a minute, you're just like a soldier in God's army. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth, you're in battle, you're on the battlefield, you're on the front line. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. God chose you to fight for him. There's a battle going on. There's a spiritual battle, and it, it's got to do with God's forces and the forces in opposition to God and His, his uh, uh, purposes. It's got to do with uh, men who are wicked, who are in opposition to God, His kingdom. And there's a battle going on. And God says, you are in the army now. You're called. You're drafted. We're all called to follow Christ. And we're called on to fight. 1 Timothy 6, verse number 12. That's what Paul tells Timothy here. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. He says, fight. Hey, believer, it's our job to fight the forces that are against God. And there are many. There's a, there's a, a rebellion going on today. But we're called on to fight. We're even referred to in the Bible as fellow soldiers. Paul called Christians of different churches fellow soldiers in Christ. Why? Because we're in the army, folks. We're in God's army. We're supposed to fight for him. We're called to, the, to contend in the spiritual realm for truth. Jude, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. And I love talking about salvation. I love talking about being saved and what God's done for me and, and his love for us. He says, I, I was writing about this, these things, about the gospel, about the, the, uh, the common faith. And he says... Um, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Contend, that means fight. That means war. That means battle. There's going to be those that are against God and those that are going to try to uh, uh, cover the truth or distort the truth. It's our job to contend for the faith. We're not, we, we, we can't get out of that. No matter your background, your disposition, you're in the Lord's army now if you're saved. We're all in God's army, all in God's forces. We're, we're, we begin with that 32,000 against the forces that it looks like it doesn't look so good, but uh, outside of God's power and his protection. And let me say this about the situation, the, the landscape that we live in right now. 
God always builds his special forces. Uh, when, I, when I talk about his special for- forces, there's always operations that God's involved in in, in uh, advancing against the dark kingdom. Uh, his special forces for critical and dangerous tasks for advances of his kingdom. See, the Bible talks about uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that Jesus is build, building. Now, gates are not an offensive measure. They're a defensive. They, they protect. And, and when Jesus said, I'm building my church, and my church's job is not to re- retreat into a fort and just, hey, we'll just hang on until Jesus comes. No, he says you're to advance, you're to oppose, you're to get in there and be on the offensive and even go within Satan's territory, within the gates, and the gates shall not prevail against his church because we're in this battle, folks. And God's special forces are for critical and dangerous tasks, for advances of that kingdom. What? You think that uh, that was only for uh, people back then? You think that it was only for God's people in Gideon's time to be called on to be a part of God's special forces? Hey, have you heard about what happened with Sri Lanka this week? Pause me just for a a little bit. Not all abroad, folks, and by the way, we're quickly coming into a landscape of of a violation of hate speech here if we merely affirm what God says about sin and about wickedness in our own society. Folks, there are assignments of God's special forces everywhere today. Open your eyes. You know what? We read this story about the Ephraimites that were there and everybody was there, and... uh, uh, you know, there were some things that, you know, uh, cut out the, the, from the herd. And the, those that disqualified. And we, we think, well, yeah, that was them. No, no, same thing applies here. Things that disqualified Ephraim from signing up also affect us today. Remember he had the, the first crowd, everybody, all of, the, all of the children of Israel ready to go. And he says, now, wait a minute. If you're fearful and afraid, if you don't believe that God's going to come through here. You don't have the faith that you should. Go home. Go home, cry baby. <laughs> and they did. All the way home. <laughs> you, know, you know what was going on there? was They were just weak on faith. That's all. Now, they were on God's side, but they were just weak on faith. Weak faith takes soldiers out today. You know, because that's all of us. All of us are soldiers. But all of us aren't on the cutting edge of God's special forces, are they? Because there's those that have, they're afraid. They're afraid that that God won't keep his part of the bargain. Maybe if it has to do with finances. You know what? And and God has has spoken to you about this before. You know what you should do. You know you should honor God in in what he has, has asked of you. And you just can't do it. Why? Because you just can't, what? Believe that God's going to come through and Open up the windows of heaven, and he's going to, listen, when it's all said and done, you will be taken care of. Don't worry about it, but you can't. You just can't. Why? Because you're weak on faith. Fearful and afraid. Go home. You're not, you can't be part of, of God's special forces. 
Maybe you can't believe that God's going to protect you or, or give you prosperity if you stand and if you witness like you should among your student friends or your, your uh, co-workers or your boss or, or your family members. And you're afraid of that. And you don't want to witness in the public square. You don't want, you, you, hey, you're fearful and afraid. Go home. It's just volunteer. It's not going to make you. You don't have to do that. Or maybe there are those that will think that, hey, now wait a minute, I, I, might, I might regret if I sign up on this tour. I don't know what God's going to ask of me. I don't know if I want to sign away four years of my life or 20 years of my life or the rest of my life to serve him. And so you don't sign up. Here's the captain. He comes and he gathers the troops and he says, listen, I've got a... I've got a special, a special ops, uh, special forces operations that we need some volunteers. Anybody want to be part of this? Step forward. And you know what? There's those who are fearful and afraid, and they're they're gone. And you, you remember when uh, Lincoln was was out here? He was doing the lap thing. <laughs> you know, he was he was watching, and there were just three hundred of those guys. Everybody else. I mean, they were serving God. They were in the forces, and they were, you know, a, a soldier. And, but you know what? They just let down their guard just a little bit. Careless. They, they weren't being on guard at all times, like the Bible tells us to. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. Listen, there's dangers out there. There's pitfalls out there. You better watch. You better be on target. There's no time where you can vacation from the principles of the word of God, from the protection of God's, God's uh, forces. They dropped their guard just for a moment, and they were deemed unworthy for the fight. These are soldiers who are maybe not consistent. Oh, yeah, they're soldiers, but listen, you're chosen if you can depend on that soldier when the battle rages. And they need to know that you're going to be there and, and be able to, to count on this man, to count on this woman. Uh, uh, there's no chances with a, a non-commitment attitude. But we got a lot of non-committal attitudes in the work of God nowadays. Careless. Careless in your Bible reading. What, what, do you think, what do you think God uses for criterion of soldiers to use for his special ops forces? And you know what? You started with your Bible reading this year and you're just so far behind. You just, oh, forget it. I'll, I'll try it next year. Oh, really? That's the attitude. And it's not a, a daily thing. It's not something that you're, you're worried about. Well, just careless. Just kind of. I know what God says. You know, like Job who said, I, I count thy word more than my necessary food. I mean, I, I will get three meals a day or four or five or some snacks or whatever. I will do that. I, I, you know, I can't, you know, go without. But, you know, uh, you know, being consistent in the Word of God and reading my Bible through or the New Testament or whatever it is that your program is, you know, having that time every day, hey, that personal time that you need with God and you're hit and you're miss and you're hit and you're miss. And you know what? You're just not watching. You're, you're, you're careless, careless. And God says, I can't use you. Go home. Church attendance. 
Folks, you know what? What we have to come to is we have to come to the understanding that if this is indeed God's house, and this is God's work, and this is what he's asked us to do, when we meet together, we meet together. Just like the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. He says there's some people that do that. Their, their habit is they hit and miss in church. You know, when God's people uh, meet together, they're, they're there sometime, and sometime they're not. He says don't do that. But you know, there's some people that are just kind of careless. You know, <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but... Every once in a while, somebody would come to me and say, Pastor, I have this problem. I need to, to talk to you. I need to counsel with you. And, and I talked to him about it. And it was it's just like so evident that God dealt with that last Wednesday. And they weren't there. But you know what? God could have spoke to them. <laughs> it's just careless. Kind of hit and miss. Folks, listen. If anything, if anything supersedes church, that means it's more important. More important. You know, priorities. And, and I know some people have to work, and, you know, there's schedules like that. There's policemen that way. There's in the medical profession, and there's, uh, you know, things like that where, hey, if you have to work, you have to work, but then be there when you can. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that just miss church for whatever. If there's, hey, we're coming into uh, ball games and and uh, uh, soccer and baseball and all kinds. I was, I was there watching one of my grandsons at the very first ball game that I was ever at where they did these T-ball. You know, they put the ball on there and they can't, they can't hit the ball. <laughs> the, the coolest thing in the whole world. I just love it. I love it. But you know what? If it was a, a game on a church day, then sorry. You know why? Because priorities. Because God's things. I'm not going to be careless. I'm not going to be careless about God's things. No, no, no. Whatever he's asked, if he's asked me to be vigilant and be sober and be on point at all times, never drop your guard. Never, I mean, be consistent. Be consistent. And, and you know what? God says, I, I could use that. I could use that person. I, I, I've got a job to do. There's a, a special forces operation that I need some, some volunteers for. Who am I going to use? And you know what? There's those that are careless in their daily walk or their prayer life or their communion with God or their growth and they're, they're not learning like they used to and they're not stretching out in their faith like they used to and carelessness knocks them out of serving on these special forces ops. Hey, you don't have to go on this Gideon 300 operation. Totally voluntary. It's those who are yielded to the Lord and say, Lord, I will do what you want. I will be what you want. I will, I will have the attitude that you want me to have and it's totally voluntary. And the Lord says, here, I'll use this. I'll use this guy. I'll use this one. But don't complain about it when it's all over and you missed out. That's what the Ephraimites did, you know? They, they were knocked out because they were fearful and afraid. They were the one. You remember, they're all together. And Gideon says, hey, listen, if you're fearful and afraid, go home. And there's a big swath of them went home. They did that. All right, we're going to go down to the water. And, and uh, now remember, your soldiers, you've got to stand guard. And some, they, they put down their guard just for a little bit. And it was, it was their choice. It was their action that took them out. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, God arbitrarily. He says, no, no, I could use these ones who are following, who are on point, and who are uh, uh, paying attention. And they're, they're, they're conscientious about this. And then it's just those that get to go on this special ops. Oh, don't complain about it when it's all over and you missed out. 
Let me ask you, what do the majority of believers miss out on? Um, here's 32,000 and 31,000, let's see, how, how does that go? Only 300, 31,900, uh, 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 31,700, right, 31,700 didn't get to go on this, only 300 did. That's the majority, but that's the way it is. That's kind of the way it is in, in the Lord's service. What do the majority of believers miss out on when they don't get to go on this Gideon's operation that the few committed believers get to enjoy? Well, I was thinking about this because the Ephraims were so mad about it. They, they were. They were mad about it. When it was all said and done, they were, hey, why didn't you let us go? We're soldiers, we wanted to go, and they were mad. You know why? Because they heard about what had taken place, and it was, can you, can you imagine being on that 300 uh, part? Goodness. They, I tell you what they missed out on. They missed out, out on excitement. Are you kidding me? Get out. 300, only 300 against 150,000? 150,000 are being assembled for this kind of a special forces operation and, and God's going to use 300? Yeah. God's putting together an unbelievable team of elite soldiers for crazy offensives that will live on in the history books forever. Hey, how about being in the Bible? <laughs> it's the eternal word of God. We're going to read about this forever. Those 300 that were chosen to, to go on this, this uh, uh, endeavor. And that's the way that Jesus spoke. He's putting together these special forces now. <laughs> Open up your eyes and ears. He needs some people to go on these special forces that he has now. Yeah, you might be thinking, well, that's crazy. Are you kidding me? 300 against 150,000? That's crazy. And you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is, that's crazy. But boring, it's not. <laughs> And folks, nobody loses in sacrifices that they do for God. Nobody. Even if you're injured, even if you, you lay down your life. Are you kidding me? The awards banquet is ahead. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But talk about excitement. I mean, there was excitement. And they missed out. The ones that, that didn't get to go on this, they missed out on the excitement. Folks, I want to tell my, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren of amazing stories of God's power, of his protection, of his victory. You guys might have seen uh, the, the uh, uh, movie of uh, William Wallace, Braveheart, where Mel Gibson, he gives this speech to all of these ragtag soldiers, and he says, okay, you don't have to do this. I know it's dangerous, and some of you are going to lose your lives or lose limbs, and it's all right, but you got a story to tell, and you could uh, step back, and you could, could go ahead and just die in, in mediocrity and, and be somebody else's soldier, somebody else's uh, a serf. But I'm going to battle, and if you want to battle, then battle with me, and man, all them guys, you know what? There's not a man on earth that doesn't hear that, that just says, yeah, yeah, make a mark, yeah. Hey, listen, how about doing it for, for God's 300 special ops force? Yeah. I tell you, the people that didn't get to go on this 300 thing, they miss out on excitement, they miss out on the miraculous. Talk about miraculous. Did you get the numbers? <laughs> 300 against 150,000. Unbelievable. 
glory to God and his power. Man, I'm telling you what God did. There's so much more than what a man could do. And all such are attempts of valor in the, the power of the Lord. When he says, hey, I, I need some, some people to use, to manipulate in, in this situation. So they missed out on excitement. They missed out on the miraculous. They missed out on, on being used, on the utility of being God's tool, of being whatever God wanted. See, God wants to use me. The, the wonderful thing about this believer is God wants to use you in your family, with your loved ones, at your work, at your school, on the job where you are. Because listen, God wants to use you, and he will use you. He will use me if I can be uh, yielded to him. If I could just go ahead and be totally yielded to him, he wants to. And you know what? If you don't go on this special ops, uh, special forces op, uh, opportunity, then you don't get to be used. I tell you what they missed out on also. Ephraimites missed out on honor. It's the, the awards banquet that I was talking about. Luke chapter 19, verse 17. This is, life is all over with, and, and Jesus is using this parable to illustrate what he's talking about with us and how he deals with us and his soldiers. He said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. If what God gives to you, and you do that with fervor, you do it for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, and you do that faithfully and consistently, and God says, hey, you did good with what I gave you, and now there's a position of honor. Folks, that's not just, that's the, it, it means something. It means something when Jesus is saying that. The awards banquet is coming. Okay, okay, the, uh, the Ephraimites missed out on the, whole, the, the totally crazy special forces operation. They, they missed out there. But then they jumped in later, and they, they did what they could. Okay, they didn't, they didn't get the first run, but you know what? When they needed them, and God needed to use them at that point, they said, yes, we will do that. And, and they got in, and they were rewarded for their involvement, no matter the degree. Folks, that's how God works. You're rewarded for the involvement in his uh, operations, whatever degree that you give, whatever amount that you give, whether it's a cup of cold water or whether you get on the front lines and you do battle, listen, it doesn't matter. You are rewarded for your involvement no matter the degree. And they partook of the rewards corresponding to the involvement that they offered. So the thing to do is get in the battle now. Well, maybe you missed the 300 that just uh, uh, went, went out, but there's, there's a battle that's coming, and there's, there's a need for you now. Don't wait one more minute, soldier. Jump into the battle tonight. Now, the men of Succoth and Penuel, you remember those guys that wouldn't? They wouldn't give anything? And then after Gideon wins and he comes back and they say, okay, okay, we'll do what you want. We'll help you now. Well, it's too late. It's too late. It's quite a different matter. They chose not to back the Lord's operation because of the current scoreboard, whatever they saw, that what it looked like at the time. They said, no, nah, I don't think so. And they got nothing. Well, they got chastised, but also they got emptiness, a big bag of nothing. Now, I'm your pastor. I'm going to help you to face eternity. Don't go into eternity with a big bag of nothing. 
Do you understand? Jump in. Get it done. Obey. Now. Right now. This is, this is where he's bringing us down to the water and looking at us and saying, okay, who can I use? Jump in now. Every head bowed, nobody looking for just.